Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Drum Technique Podcast. Before we start off, I want to thank everyone for the great feedback we got after releasing the first episode. The comment section on YouTube was filled with great positive feedback, so thank you very much for that. The second episode focuses just like the first one on drumming technique and career advice. By that I mean that I only invite drummers who I think have number one, outstanding skills when it comes to either their hand or their foot technique, or both if possible. And number two, I only invite drummers who are able and willing to share some of their knowledge and best practices. In the comment section of the first Drum Technique podcast, a lot of you asked me to invite a certain drummer who is also from Austria and who has become a pretty big name when it comes to drum covers on YouTube. So right now I'm happy to welcome David Diebold as my guest on the Drum Technique podcast. Within the next 45 minutes, you're going to learn how David started practicing at the age of six, how he developed his foot technique, how he set up his bass drum pedals, how he worked on his hand technique, how his hand technique changed pretty recently, and so on. This was actually the first time that I met David in person, and I have to say that I had a great time. He's an awesome drummer and just a great human being. Alright, that's it for this short introduction. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this second episode. Don't forget to leave a like and a comment underneath. Also, don't forget to follow us on iTunes and Stitcher and feel free to contact me if you want a specific drummer to be the next participant on this podcast. Bye. All right, welcome back to the second episode of the Drum Technique Podcast. Today, my guest is Mr. David Diepold. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Perfect. Let's start right away with question number one. David, at what age did you start playing drums and did you start to play metal right away? Uh, I did start playing drums when I was six years old. Mm -hmm. I went to a pretty standard music school, which was kind of close to the typical Austrian marching bands we have. Mm -hmm. So uh, during my first years, I mainly focused on developing a proper hand technique and mm -hmm. playing rudiments and stuff. But all of that mainly on the practice pad and on the snare drum. Mm -hmm. So I didn't spend too much time behind the kit. So actually you got a rudimental background from early on. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that sets you up pretty well for the, all the metal stuff, like single strokes, doubles, yeah. if you play doubles in metal, yeah. but yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. That answers question number one. <laughs> okay, let's go into the metal direction. Which double bass pedal would you recommend for someone who is just starting out? Uh, probably just a solid pedal, you know, mm -hmm. something that's well manufactured and something that feels good to you. Mm -hmm. A reliable pedal, and I guess nowadays pretty much every brand offers some good quality pedals, mm -hmm. even in the lower price range or mid price range. That's true. Yeah. Would you rather go in the direction A, like chain driven pedals, or direction B, direct drive pedals once you start out uh, for I'd, a beginner? I'd probably say chain drive mm -hmm. or maybe strap drive. Uh, a strap drive, yeah. yeah. Do you know the Pearl Eliminator strap drive? Yes, because I just tried it recently. Yeah. It works. Ah, you got it. Yes, you got I got it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah. we got that question covered. Yeah. Next question: Which double bass pedal are you using right now? I know that you're using a variety of pedals. You use the yeah. Axis pedals, the Eliminator, and now the Charger Copito. Yes. So I kind of answered this question, but <laughs> let's elaborate on that one. Why the Charger Copito? Uh, because they're the best balanced pedals out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're so well manufactured and so reliable, never had any issues with them. Mm -hmm. They're just great. Yeah. Perfect. But you switched from Axis to the Charger yeah. Copito. Yeah, exactly. I tried all kinds of pedals. You know, I, I also once had the Demon Drive. 
-hmm. and I tried trick and axis of course and also the pearl eliminator mm -hmm. but yeah Chachi Capitus just was the best choice for me okay perfect yeah I got one question about that topic yeah. um, regarding the direct drive pedal I know your old drum covers like let's say the Catholic Cavitation Dead Set on Suicide drum cover which is amazing I'm a big Thanks. fan of Dave <laughs> McGraw and this cover yeah. is like top notch um, <laughs> And back in the days you played there, you used the Axis pedals. Yeah. Then, from what I know, actually the, the Axis pedal, it got old, you needed a new one, yes, and then you tried exactly. out different pedals. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you got the chance to try the Trick pedal, you tried yeah. the Demon Drive, yeah. you could also buy another Axis pedal. Yes. You had Axis A longboards, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. But you went for the Chachi Copito, although you had to wait a couple of months. Yes. So really the feel of the pedal, yes and the reliability and the craftsmanship, exactly. that was okay. Yeah. And now tell us about your settings when it comes to Chachi <laughs> Copito. Uh, they're pretty much standard fed, uh, settings mm -hmm. actually. I only changed the beaters. I prefer mm -hmm. lighter beaters over heavy beaters. Okay. And I uh, just uh, maxed the spring tension okay. and, and that's pretty much it. Okay. The rest is almost factory settings, I guess. Spring tension is at max? Yes. Um, was it the same with the axis pedals? Yes. Okay, also All the, the same. same. Yeah. Okay, like really high spring tension. Yeah. But do you find it difficult and hard to play mid-tempo stuff with a really, really high spring tension? Uh, I kind of got used to it. Okay. At the beginning, it was very hard, especially yeah. the range between 180 and 200 BPM. Mm -hmm. But yeah, right now it feels good to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're constantly working against the spring at those tempos. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sometimes, yeah. But are you using? A full leg motion at those tempos, or is it still? Yes, yeah? probably. Yeah. Okay, okay. So you worked on that one, like to be able to control the beta yeah. at those tempos, and then after 200 BPM, you're already able to play just with your ankles, uh, your calves. Yeah, Sorry. pretty much. Okay. It, yeah. Perfect. Depends. Yeah, we're gonna talk about your technique, anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, in a couple of minutes. So let's go to the next question. Wait, I got yes. one more question about the pedal settings. Axis pedal settings. You had the Axis A longboards. Yes. Um, like a lot of our viewers <laughs> own them as well. Um, the VDL. Yes. Where is it placed? Uh, around the middle. Around the middle, okay. Yeah. Why? Did you try different? Yeah, I, I tried different positions, but uh, the kind of middle range just felt right for me. Mm -hmm. You know, to play fast, mid, and super slow, and whatever, just all, all okay. the tempo range was kind of mm -hmm. good for me. That's it. Have you tried it like in the in the back position yeah the but that kind of always felt strange to me okay, but i liked it because it it felt it feels really heavy number yeah. one and actually you only need a small foot movement and the end result is a big beta movement yeah. because of the leverage okay but okay. you went for the middle yeah. and okay, obviously it worked <laughs> out fine for you <laughs> yeah and with the chachi copito um there's is there a possibility like <coughs> the vdl uh, there like are to set it up. Uh, three positions, I guess, mm -hmm. you could choose off. And I also have the middle one. The middle one? Okay. Alright, what sticks do you use and do you prefer lighter or heavier sticks in general? I prefer heavier sticks in general. Mm -hmm. uh, and right now I kind of switch between Fader and Promark pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. right now I try the 747B with a nylon tip from Promark. Mm -hmm. uh, they just have a little bit of extra length to it. and. Yeah. Feel great. Yeah, like the Extreme 5B of Vic Firth. Yeah, really? and actually this is the stick that I'm using okay. at the moment. Ha! That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> yes. That's my stick. That's the one. <laughs>
last question of the intro block. Yeah. So <laughs> go ahead. Perfect. Do you trigger your bass drum? And if so, which triggers are you using right now? Yes, of course I trigger my bass drums. I mean, we're talking about fast kind of music, and I think there's just no way to get a proper bass drum sound without using triggers. So yeah, I use triggers, and I use the pedal trigger system. Mm -hmm. I used it for Pearl Demon drives, for the Axis, for the Pearl Eliminators, and now for the Charger Capito. Mm -hmm. And I've got to say, uh, the triggers for the Charger Capito are by far the most efficient and best manufactured I had. Mm -hmm. They just work fine for me. Yeah, perfect. Did you also try the regular acoustic trigger which you place on the bass drum yeah, loop? Yeah? yeah, I had them for quite some time actually. And the problem I had with it was that I had to muffle the bass drum mm. yeah. so much that obviously you couldn't get a, a good sound out of it by itself. And yeah, that's why I tried to find a trigger which you could mount on the pedal like you know, the E-Kits or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the pedal trigger system, is it hard to mount it? No, it's pretty pedal? easy actually. It's easy? I mean, it's easy at, and uh, for the Charger Capito. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit tricky uh, for the Demon drives and for the Pearl Eliminator ones, but for Axis it was, it was also pretty easy. Okay. All right, let's start with your hand technique. Which grip are you using when playing fast single strokes with your hands? I use uh, match grip mm -hmm. most of the time. Uh, for my right hand, it's match grip, uh, mostly wrist motion, and uh, during some parts I, I'm mixing some fingers. Mm -hmm. And for my left hand, I had to get rid of the match grip, and now I'm developing the push-pull technique, because okay. I, every now and then I got a really sore wrist. I was ah, playing okay. the super fast stuff, and I was looking for a technique that you know, wouldn't cause any problems, so yeah. the push-pull technique seemed quite efficient to me and yeah, yeah now I'm working so on that. So are you already applying the push-pull? Yes, but okay. only with my left hand. Only with your left <laughs> yeah. hand. So do you have a hard time? Um, because especially with your left hand, because the left hand is mostly played on the snare, yeah. where you want like a clean attack yeah. all the time. Yeah. So was it hard in the beginning? Yes, so very hard, especially yeah. <laughs> following uh, along the right hand. That was probably mm -hmm. the hardest part to yeah. really get singles out of it and not unisono yeah. strokes. And yeah, but it's it's getting better every day, mm -hmm. and yeah, feel quite com comfortable about it now. Perfect. Well, it's still a work in progress, but yes. you're getting there, okay? Yes. Yeah. Because it's kind of reverse than what everyone else does. Because mostly drummers who use the push pull use it with yeah. the right hand. Yeah. Because it's a bit easier to keep up. Like it raises your endurance. You got a bit more power, especially yeah. the hi-hat where you don't have a lot yeah. of rebound. Yeah. Okay, but you got it the other way yeah. around. Okay, are you planning to switch to the push-pull with your right hand as well? Or for now you're gonna... I'm, I'm not sure. For now I don't need it. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, you mentioned it, all the different surfaces. You're yeah. about to play with your right hand. Uh, pretty much hard to, to do with the push-pull technique. Or for, at yeah. least for me it is hard to do. So I kind of probably stick to the wrist motion and just move it around the kit. Perfect. And for Tom Fields, you're also going to... Uh, Tom Fields <laughs> okay. a bit different. So, yeah. uh, I would switch back to just uh, wrist ah, okay. motion. Yeah. Okay, and then when you yeah. play regular blast, you go back to yeah. the push-pull with your left hand. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have you recorded the video already? Yes. <coughs> Which one? Uh, um, I think it's not published yet, but I've recorded ah, okay. yeah, a lot of videos recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also recorded uh, two albums actually with all push-pull technique. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So 
it you works. Probably, yeah, it <laughs> works, <laughs> and you probably will see some of that stuff okay. pretty soon. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Are you using a mix of wrist and fingers? Yes, with my right hand. Yeah. And, okay. And yeah. push-pull technique is actually wrist and fingers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I use a mix. Yeah, it's interesting because you're one of the few guys who's able to play really fast, and your technique looks to me actually it looks like you're using German grip. So the yes, back of your yeah, hand is yeah. facing up all yeah. the time, and usually. The kind of stuff that I see every day is like, okay, French grip with a lot of finger involvement. Yeah. Actually, for you, it's the total opposite. Yeah. It's a lot of wrist and German grip all yeah. the way and works yeah. out just great. Yeah, that's. I guess it's because of my background. You the know, marching the band yes. background? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I guess so too, yeah. How did you start working on your hand speed and endurance when you first started off? And please explain some exercises you did when you first started out? I can't explain any exercises. <laughs> I'm a bit lazy when it comes to a proper uh, practice routine, mm -hmm. uh, which is also because of my background. You know, I spent so much time practicing on the, on the pad mm -hmm. that I really hated it. Okay. <laughs> and so whenever I got the chance to sit behind the kit, I would just mess around and freak out and enjoy the time behind the kit. Mm -hmm. So actually I spent back in the days like two to four hours a day behind the kit Ooh, and that's a lot. yeah and I that's just played drums and that's how I improved my technique. Perfect. But when you practice like let's say your focus is okay double bass. Yeah. Uh, no not, not double bass. Let's let's focus on blast beats right now. Yeah. Okay you focus on blast beats and you know okay I want to cover this Nile song for yeah. example like you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay yeah. and the song is at 250 or 260 or whatever yeah. and your limit right now is 240. Would you start like playing blast beats really slow, like let's say really like 140, 150, 160 yeah. and work your way up the BPM ladder? Yes, I guess I actually did. I mean, I did it without a metronome at first. Okay, I, really? I just had to figure out which kind of tempo felt right for me to mm -hmm. start off. Yeah. And from that kind of point, I just kept pushing the limits. Okay, but when you practice for like, let's say for a YouTube drum yeah. cover, do you practice the song at a slower tempo or is it like, okay, I need to blast for, let's say, 16 bars in this section, so I'm working on, okay, at least 32 bars at lower tempos to get it down really uh, tight and then work your way up to BPM level? Not so much. I mean, it depends on the song, but normally I only slow the songs down if I have to, to you know, work on a, a certain fill-in or something mm -hmm. where I really need to check out where, where are my hands going, yeah. my <laughs> feet and whatever is going on. And Usually when it's about super fast stuff or parts where I need a lot of stamina, mm -hmm. I would just sit down at home probably in front of the TV and do single strokes for like half an hour, an hour. On the pad? Yeah, on the so pad. So you are practicing. Yeah. <laughs> I <Right>. got you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's okay. something I have to do probably. Okay, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, since your technique, since you started working on, on your technique as a little kid, like yeah. six years yeah. old, yeah. now you got the chance to practice in front of the TV because Actually, normally I don't like practicing, in, I don't recommend practicing in front of the TV if your technique is not perfectly stored to your muscle memory. Yeah. Because otherwise you're gonna learn some bad stuff, yeah. bad habits, yeah. and this is gonna hinder your progress. Yeah. Okay, but for you, since you got the background, it's But working. I gotta mention, I yeah. had, you know, when I was uh, rehearsing at my parents' uh, basement, mm -hmm. uh, I installed all mirrors on the opposite wall of my drum kit, so I could mm -hmm. really watch myself playing yeah. and see if I'm sitting upright or if I'm leaning whatever direction and if my hands are moving the right way and so that helped yeah. a lot actually. That's interesting. I also read, you know, I watched your YouTube videos obviously yeah. as, prepa as preparation for this Drum Technique podcast and 
I think it was the it was the cattle decapitation cover where one guy wrote, uh, "It's fun to watch you play, and your posture is amazing. Like that you're, <laughs> yeah. you're really sitting up straight, and you're yeah. not like yeah. hanging around. Okay, perfect. So yeah. the practice tip with a mirror is like yeah, works yeah. Really, worked yeah. out well for yeah. you, obviously. Double bass, full technique at slow and mid tempos. Let's dissect your technique at those tempos for a bit. Are you using a mix of hip flexors and calf muscles or is it just hip flexors at tempos from 0 to 160 beats per minute? I'd say it's probably all hip flexor muscles. Mm -hmm. And like Eric just pointed it out, I'm just stomping my feet. Just stomping your feet, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. So only hip flexors. Yeah, But probably. how did you start working on that? Was it on the pedal? Because you can also practice that stuff on the floor without a pedal. Yeah. I guess it was on the pedal. On the pedal? You know, like like I mentioned, I was just playing drums. Yeah, okay. And I really enjoyed it that much that I just kept playing and just doing whatever I could to, yeah. <laughs> to make it sound good. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. The thing is, hmm, what advice would you give someone? Because I get a lot of emails from drummers who are stuck, like, let's say, at 140. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, at that certain point, around 140, 150, they all tend to, you know, they are hip flexors are a bit too slow for let's say 150 mm -hmm. so their calf muscles tend to take over and that's when they lose control yeah. and that's when yeah it there's a transition yeah? <laughs> yeah okay uh, for me the seat height is the, the point yeah so i i tried all kinds of things and right now i need a second stick mm -hmm. probably it's no. the the 90 degree thing is a good place to start mm -hmm. but right now i'd At say 90 degree from your lower leg to your upper leg yes yeah so mm -hmm. it's probably like this mm -hmm. right now i moved my chair a bit up and mm -hmm. also backwards okay and now and that's how i got rid of the the problem with the okay hip flexors and calf muscles perfect thing. advice yeah so actually your hip flexors and your hip joints are always higher than your knee joints yes even if you lift your feet for playing double yes. base they're always but higher. just a bit just a bit not, okay not too much Foot technique at faster tempos. How did you work on your control and endurance at tempos from 180 up to 220 BPM? And I asked this question because I know that up to 200 BPM you're using your hip flexors. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point you need to use a mix of hip flexors and calves and then yeah. only your calf muscles. Yeah. How do you work on that stuff and especially the control at that uh, I'm still working on that one. Yeah, okay. Especially because uh, I don't have that much time to practice mm -hmm. right now. So my weak foot, which is obviously the left foot, kind of sucks right now. <laughs> um, and I, same thing as ever, I, I try to spend as much time behind the kit as possible. Mm -hmm. And I don't isolate certain uh, rudiments or patterns or whatever. I mm -hmm. really just try to keep balanced and mm -hmm. just play. And whenever I feel like I need a break, I just take a short break and mm -hmm. just continue playing. Since you just mentioned your left foot, do you practice with your left foot, like eighth notes and holding a backbeat? Uh, or? Not so much. I try to lead every now and then with my left foot mm -hmm. uh, during songs or when I have a band practice or whatever, mm -hmm. just to kind of get used to the feel. You know, the right foot is kind of resting and the okay, left foot yeah. is doing the job. So yeah. it changes your your balance a bit. Mm -hmm. and that's sometimes it feels weird. Yeah. So yeah, I try to lead with my left foot. Okay, perfect. And since you mentioned like you don't have that much time to practice nowadays, how much time per week do you spend just practicing double bass? Right now, because it's the summer break, <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much could spend a lot of time. I yeah. actually 
the last couple of days I was rehearsing drums for like one or two hours a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I spent most of the time learning new songs and stuff, not just focusing on double bass technique. Uh, but I did s some rehearsing sessions only for my double bass technique, but that was when I was 17 or 18 or something. Okay. So yeah, I don't spend that much time at all. Okay, so right now. and actually when you start practicing a new song for a new cover yeah. or like for, for your band, that's the time when you also spend time practicing yeah. double yeah. bass. Okay. Yeah. Next question, explain some of the workouts and exercises you did to reach tempos above 240 beats per minute. Uh, Again, I think the key was for me the, the position of the chair. Mm -hmm. So the right seat height and the right ankle for, from knees to, to, mm -hmm. to the ankle downwards. And I, I just kept playing singles with my right foot and my left foot, then together combined it and, and that's it. Mm -hmm. I don't have any proper practice routine for that kind okay. of stuff. Okay, but when you're, let's say, you want to work on tempos above 240 BPM. Mm. Let's say, okay, the metronome is now at 250. Yeah. Would you focus on endurance at those tempos or would you like play like short bursts or one bar of double bass, then stop again? Because obviously you also have to push your limits yeah. if you want to play a song at 260. Yeah, yeah. I do the, the uh, short amount of time where you really keep pushing, then rest mm -hmm. and then push again and rest and yeah. And also don't forget to warm up properly. That's yeah. also kind of... <laughs> That's important. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. And how does a usual David Deport warm-up session look like? Uh, probably I would do some jumping jacks, I guess mm -hmm. they're called. Yeah. And maybe some push-ups. Uh, okay, so you're warming, you're not warming up at the drum kit? No, not no? really. Okay. I also okay, do yeah. the Giorgio Meyer kind of clap thing. Yeah. And I have a power ball mm -hmm. for my yeah. wrist. <laughs> Perfect. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And after that, you're good to go at 240? Probably yeah. above. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, Thanks great. to push pull and yeah, okay. Toe. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's all cheating, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> swivel technique. I know that you're using a hybrid between heel up double bass and swiveling, especially with your left foot. Yeah. Uh, could you explain this motion in detail? Because it looks like you're either swivel from right to left after two bass drum hits at some videos, yeah. and with some other videos, it looks like you're swiveling from left to right after three or four bass yeah, drum hits. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's not really a swivel motion technique whatsoever mm -hmm. at all. It's basically just ankle motion. Yeah. And swiveling just helps me keep the pulse, you know, every second beat or every third beat if you're in a triplet feel or whatever. Okay. And it also helps me to uh, be able to play for a longer amount of time because obviously you're using slightly different muscle groups and that kind True. of helps keep you you're able to play. Perfect. Stuff. And, but you are mostly swiveling with your left foot. Yes, uh, that okay. kind of naturally fell into place mm -hmm. and that I just wanted to, to con be able to control it. Mm -hmm. I didn't really felt like I, I need to learn the real swivel technique, which is yeah. more or less a down and up stroke, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always felt comfortable with the ankle motion. Yeah, it worked out great yeah. for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, but that's interesting. Actually, it's also interesting for everyone who is watching and listening to this stuff right now, because actually this helps you keep your timing. Because, yeah. but you're using in ear, right? Yes. So you hear the trigger yeah. signal. Yeah. Do you have the same bass drum sound with the right yeah. and the left? Yeah, okay, so I know the video where you mentioned yeah. that you have different sounds yeah. for, for left and right kick, but uh, I use the swivel mm. motion to 
keep the okay, and so you are able to keep. And does it is it a, a big difference for you if you play if you switch after every third stroke or after every second? So is it more difficult like to play two strokes per side? Yeah, uh, three st strokes actually feel easier in a way. I can't explain really, but really? they feel easier than two strokes or four strokes. Okay. I don't know why, but. It, Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but if someone wants to try that stuff, since you're only using it with your left foot, would you recommend to start practicing like in the triplet feel? Because the three strokes beside it are a bit easier. Maybe, yes. Yeah. I think it depends on what your left foot's doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. When I started out, it was just moving around all over the place. I had no control over it. Okay, yeah. So I just tried to, I think at first I started off with four strokes per side mm -hmm. and then two strokes. And whenever I got into a triplet field, I just used the three strokes. Okay. Yeah. Next one. When you start and stop a bass drum pattern, do you press your bass drum beater against the bass drum head or do you stop right before the bass drum head? Hardest part for me, I try to stop before the bass drum head mm -hmm. because obviously I'd get missed triggers or double triggers or whatever mm -hmm. if I kept pushing against the head. And that's, uh, especially with my left foot, uh, that's something I really need to work on right now mm -hmm. to get back in shape and be able to control it at whatever uh, tempo rate I'm in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, also because you're using a really high spring tension, yeah. so it's extremely difficult like to really bury yeah. the beater, yeah. otherwise you're going you're gonna to get some double triggering. Okay, but just for example, someone watches this video out there yeah. <laughs> or listens to the podcast <laughs> and then and he's using, he or she is using a medium to low spring tension and he's yeah. used to burying the beater into the bass drum head and he wants to use the pedal trigger system. Yeah. Is it possible? To play that way with the pedal trigger system without getting a double trigger if you like really bury the beater? I guess it should be possible, yes. Yeah. It really depends on, on how you set it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, I mean, you have for the pedal trigger system, you have the nail or the, the newer ones have a sort of a metal plate. Mm -hmm. And if you just adjust it right so that the nail or the, the metal plate won't hit the trigger when you're uh, resting the beater against mm -hmm. the head, then it should be doable. Okay. Never tried it. Okay. Probably it will work. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Good advice for everyone who's using, yeah. because not everyone is able to play with a really, really high spring tension. Yeah. So, and double bass practice. <laughs> do you ever get fatigued <laughs> and tired? And if so, do you take days off of drumming? Yes, yeah. I do take a lot of days off drumming. Yeah. Uh, when I first started teaching, I kind of felt like I need to keep up that practice routine, mm -hmm. you know, rehearsing every every now and uh, every other day or every second day or whatever mm -hmm. and spend a lot of time behind the kid but that just didn't work out you know yeah. both things working at school and rehearsing and private life and stuff that just mm -hmm. won't work or it didn't work for me so now I kind of try to find a healthy balance between work and private life and rehearsing mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> since I'm able to use heel toe I'm not struggling that much to get back in shape because <laughs> I really don't care if it's uh, uh, cheating or not. Whatever technique you can use to, to make it sound good, use it. Go ahead. Yeah, perfect. So, yeah, pretty much right now I'm not that efficient when it comes to practicing or rehearsing. I, mm -hmm. If I have some time, I'll do it. But if I don't have some time, it won't bother me too much. Okay. Yeah. For the audience, David is a teacher at an elementary school. Yeah. So this means he's working five days a week. So let's say, not right now because right now the <laughs> summer vacation yeah. but let's say a typical week 
where you're like teaching in school. Yeah. Do you find time to like to practice three uh, times a week, two times? Not really. I mean, it, it always depends. There are some some times during the school year where I will probably won't rehearse for like one month or one and a half mm -hmm. months even. Well. Uh, because there's just so much going on in school mm. where I can't find the energy actually to yeah. go and rehearse. I probably would have time, but um, if I'm not in the right mood and, and not really well, I just won't spend the time rehearsing because it's way too exhausting and not satisfying yeah. and so I wouldn't just do it. Okay. Um, but whenever I have the time, I would go and practice and during uh, the school year, probably all over the school year, I'd say once a week, Or, mm -hmm. or maybe, no, not twice a week, once a week. <laughs> once it's, a week, it's, okay. It's pretty realistic, yeah. Okay, and back in the days, when you had more time to practice drums, how many times per week did you practice? Every day. Every day? Really, every okay. day. Okay, <laughs> yeah. but what <laughs> if, now for my audience, um, what advice would you give someone who's like, who's practicing every day and now he's stuck at a certain point because yeah. he's just tired at the moment, he starts to practice drums. How long would you suggest to take off? As long as you need the time off. I've been there too and I took probably three months off drumming. Three months? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I really just focused on my private life and mm -hmm. did whatever I wanted to do and whenever it felt right I got back to the kit and then it, then it was fun again. Okay, cool. And since you mentioned the heel-toe technique, yeah. let's stick with that <laughs> topic for a bit. Um, you started using the heel-toe like one or two years ago, mm -hmm. am I right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. How did you start practicing that technique? Like uh, going through the motion on the floor, starting really slow or directly on the pedals? Uh, directly on the pedals. I guess I saw a video of Dave McGraw. Mm -hmm, yeah. Some, some live footage. David yeah. is the man. Yeah, he is. <laughs> 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 and I kind of tried to copy the motion on the pedals. Mm -hmm. And I got it down pretty soon with my right foot. Yeah. And yeah, after some, some practicing. I was able to do it and it, it is way easier than uh, the ankle motion or whatever mm -hmm. of the technique. Hit higher tempos. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I probably couldn't do it on a, a chain drive pedal with a low spring tension mm -hmm. for the heel toe kind of thing. I really need the direct drive and the high spring tension okay, so and also the light beaters mm -hmm. so that the combination of, of those three things make it quite easy for me. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, are you only using the heel toe or still? No, like I kind of switch back and mm -hmm. forth between it. Yeah. So normally, if I, I, I start a practice session, I use the heel toe kind of thing to warm up. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And as soon as it feels right, I switch to ankle motion and mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, because you mentioned your left foot before that, because your mm -hmm. right foot was um, was faster when yeah. it comes to learning <laughs> yeah. the heel toe. Yeah. Um, did you practice like let's say? rudiments like inverted doubles as well or like leading double doubles leading with the left foot no it was just never regular doubles right right left yeah. left I'm kind of like uh, George Collier uh, uh, said it once I guess you've got to train your left foot to follow your right foot mm -hmm. in order to to mm -hmm. you know start off right away and, and really make it smooth yeah so I, I never did too much exercises with leading with my left foot or inverted doubles or whatever mm -hmm. you mentioned okay and when it comes to dynamics and sound Obviously, you hear a difference between singles yes. and doubles, and you should hear it because it's a yeah. different thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you work on the dynamics as well? Because you know, sometimes when I hear someone play heel toe double bass, um, 
I think sometimes it sounds a bit unsatisfying, let's call yeah, it that, because yeah, the yeah. first hit is really loud yeah. and, and actually all you're hearing is regular 16th <laughs> notes yeah, with some yeah, yeah. small hits in between. Um, probably I'd have to say I don't care because I'm using <laughs> triggers. <Yeah. laughs> but uh, since I use very light beaters, I, I use the ACD unlimited beaters, which are... From Carinthia. Yes, yeah. exactly. Dennis. Yeah. Shout out to Dennis. He's the man. That's crazy. Dennis grew up like... 30 minutes away from the place where I grew up. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But we never met till now. Crazy. But maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. You see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and ever since uh, uh, my first hit got quieter and my second hit got louder in a way. So it sounds uh, more even. Okay. Just because with the, of the light beater. Yeah. Okay. But with his beaters are called the dynamic beaters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can also add some extra yes, weight. So you could. Can you please explain? Do you, you don't add any no. weight. Okay, so it's like the <laughs> yeah. lightest version yes, possible. Is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and this works fine. Yeah. Okay, that's also a great tip for everyone who's using the heel toe. Maybe try to use a really light beater, just maybe to balance the two strokes yeah. a bit. Perfect, thank yeah. you. It's a good tip. Next one, are there any non-drum related exercises you do in order to stay in shape at the drum kit? Mm, I do a lot of hiking actually. Yeah? But it's not so much because of the physical aspect of it, it's more because I just like to enjoy nature and mm -hmm. explore different places and okay. that kind of stuff. Do you go to the gym? No. No? Never. No, <laughs> no squats? No. no. <laughs> How much do you bench? <laughs> Probably, I don't know. <laughs> the bar. <Not> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, next one. How do you warm up in a live situation? Uh, usually I don't warm up too much because yeah. I never was in the position to know, uh, you know, to, to start off with a super fast one. Mm -hmm. It was all kind of intermediate and then, you know, increased during the set. Yeah. But for my next sessions, I probably will have to do some, some exercises and, and some proper warm up. Mm -hmm. to also nail the first track of the set and I probably will do some jumping jacks and just single strokes on the practice pad a clapping thing from George Mayer and I've got a power pole for, yeah, for my okay. wrist and So you yeah. also bring this one to the shows? Yes you know, Okay, yes. perfect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay YouTube and negative comments mm. David <laughs> You've taken the YouTube drumming world by storm with drum covers of bands like Nile, Cattle Decapitation and many others at this, at this moment, you got 5.7 million video views on YouTube, which is a lot. <laughs> Although most of the comments you get are positive and encouraging, there still appears some negative comments about your videos as well, which is totally normal if you got that many video views. How do you react to those comments? Uh, in general, I try to at least read the majority of all the comments. Mm -hmm. And if there is some, uh, some criticism I could really work on, I'd probably do it but if it's just a mean comment I don't care at all mm -hmm. I got way more important things in my life than to care about <laughs> those dudes <laughs> that's all right but actually yeah to just think about critic and a critique from someone is good because then you yeah. can even improve further yeah of course which is kind of okay yeah that's but, crazy yeah. did you ever think about okay I got a negative comment, why am I doing all this extra work, practicing, recording the videos, editing, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Although the song is just four <laughs> minutes long, or like, yeah. let's say five minutes, so it's a lot of work and then you get a negative, mean, useless comment. Did yeah. you ever think about, okay, maybe it's not worth it for me? Yes. So yeah, uh, there was the time that I took uh, some months off of mm -hmm. playing drums actually, 
that was partly because of some mean comments and also because I was uh, competing myself too much with all the other great drummers out there. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't feel like I was, I was making any progress at all. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but I, I took some time off and thought about it. And then I was just like, hell no, I started it because I really enjoyed music and playing drums so yeah. much that I wanted to share it with everyone else. And I don't want some fools to, to make me quit it. Mm -hmm. It's not worth it. True. So. Yeah, also the one thing that you said before, that you mentioned before was don't compare yourself to others. Yeah. There's this great quote by Jordan Peterson, um, which goes like, don't compare yourself to others compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Yeah. Because then it's That's like a great okay, one, constant yeah. progress, yeah. working on yourself, yeah. improving your skills. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Thank you for yeah. that. That's the most important thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah, actually, if you get negative feedback, yeah, you have to, you have to at least try to turn it into something positive. Yeah. I got a story about that one as well, because it was like, one or two weeks ago when I got a comment on a bass drum video on YouTube which was kind of mean but it was like okay um, you talk about double bass at 250 but I don't see a video of you playing yeah. at 250 then I, as answer I posted a video of me playing from 120 up to 300 BPM then this guy his name was Nick G I'm not gonna <laughs> say your last name but if you watch this I know who you are <laughs> And again, really negative. And yeah, if you talk about, if you try to play at 300 BPM, you have to play at least for a minute straight and, and so on. At one point, it was not just critiquing, it was like insulting. And then I deleted him, I banned yeah. him from the page. And then he wrote me another message on my private Facebook profile, again, talking about drumming. And he told me that he's not an internet nerd and not a hater and wow. And then I had to ban him again. And I was so angry that day and during the afternoon I had a Skype session with one of my students and when the session started off I recognized okay I'm still angry because of this one guy but now I'm having a great time with my student. Why am I, why yeah, am I still angry yeah. and what I did then because I tried to turn this negative thing into something positive is that I told my students about that story and then I said okay since I want to give something back to the drumming community and to you as my student I'm going to double the drum lesson. So, it was not 60 minutes, it was 120. Right. He was yeah. happy, I was happy after That's once good. again. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to give drum lessons for everyone who's now starting to, <laughs> if you all start critiquing me, but, <laughs> but still, yeah. What a lot of people don't seem to see is if you're putting yourself out there, honestly, if you're playing, it's your face in front of the camera. Um, constructive criticism is something really good. Yes. But like just hating and um, bad mouthing and all of that stuff it's not it's not gonna help you that's number one it's not gonna help someone else it's not gonna help the community yes exactly. so okay but like that turning it into something positive yeah. that's great yes okay thank you second to last question what are your plans <laughs> like gigs tours studio sessions and youtube videos for the rest of 2018 okay i like i mentioned i did some session work previously mm -hmm. i recorded two albums, each one was like eight songs. Mm -hmm. I did three EPs, all with uh, 45 songs, and I shot some drum playthroughs whilst mm -hmm. all of those sessions. Yeah. So there are probably, will be at least seven or maybe even eight playthroughs mm -hmm. from those sessions. I also recorded 
two drum covers and I uh, started working and preparing myself for some some other drum covers as well so there will be some new stuff hopefully pretty soon yeah. uh, as far as touring I'm not sure if it's possible for me to really become a touring drummer because I really enjoy being a teacher and you know having a, a, a good job with a, a good amount of, of salary and I can make a living out of and yeah. so I don't see a point of, of making or becoming a tour drummer mm-hmm. uh, but for sef- session works pretty much depends on, on whatever gig it is mm-hmm. right now I'm preparing myself for uh, some gigs with Monument of Misanthropy mm-hmm. and I from Vienna yeah, yeah perfect yeah. Mm-hmm. and I probably will do some more recording sessions during the summer yeah so there should be plenty of new stuff regarding your YouTube covers because I already yeah. see the comments coming yeah. on this one do you want to name them already? I could. Yeah, <laughs> if you want yeah. to, but you don't have to. It's some super fast stuff from Anar Natrak, mm-hmm. uh, some Despised Icon. Yeah, okay. Some MVP. Slipknot. No, not no. MVP. Okay, some Slipknot. Uh, uh, yeah. Some Slipknot and some Aborted. And abo- okay, yeah. Aborted from the new record? I okay. have done one from the older ones, but I'm not sure if I should upload it right now or wait okay. for the new record and then do something off of the new album. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Perfect. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and I also did some some black metal stuff. Okay. Some super fast black metal stuff. You can guess whatever it is. I guess my guess is Dark Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perfect. We are almost done. Okay. Thank you, David, for being here, the Drum Training Podcast. Thanks for the interview. <laughs> it's an honor. Yeah. Your final words for our audience. Uh, thanks to everyone who supported me over the years. That really, really means a lot to me, and I really appreciate it. And like I said, uh, don't compare yourself too much with others. Stay focused, stay relaxed. Find a healthy balance between your life or your social life and your your music career or whatever you're trying to achieve with it and if you want to improve uh, get a lesson from Martin <laughs> thank you he's the man I didn't pay for that <laughs> <laughs> and yeah go practice thank you. <laughs> thank you okay that's it for the second episode of the drum tuning podcast the thing that I found really really interesting was how David manages to use a side-to-side motion of his foot which is not the same thing as the swivel technique to be able to play perfectly tight at higher tempos. I've already got a couple of drummers in mind who I want to invite to be a part of this, so don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss the next episode. You can also find this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, so make sure to follow us there as well. I hope you enjoyed this one. Don't forget to comment below if you want a certain drummer to be a part of this Drum Technique podcast. Until next time, cheers from Vienna. Bye.